At Speedway, we've always been here to get you what you need when you need it. We're committed to keeping our stores open, clean, and safe, so you can stay fueled and refreshed all summer long. We've got cold drinks for hot days and frozen drinks for even hotter ones, plus energy boosts, quick bites, and pick-me-ups. We're always on your way, and we're always here for you. So no matter what you need, when you stop by, we'll be ready. Now buy any three cooler beverages and get 500 bonus Speedy Rewards points. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. you're free how you doing i'm leslie marshall awesome to be with you today hello to everybody watching on periscope through twitter and everybody listening on radio and uh podcast and stream online everywhere that we reach throughout the world we're so glad to have the thousands and thousands of listeners and viewers uh that we have for the show each week uh today we're going to talk about two issues because with covid19 this pandemic sheltering in place. A lot of people have anxiety, but in addition to that, their lives have changed and there are people out there that want to take advantage of that. And the first half of the hour, we're going to talk about some of those people, bad people uh, that are looking to scam and um, are often successful because they can confuse people. We're going to talk with a great guest about that. And then later, we're going to talk about what some people think the government is doing uh, to screw you, especially when it comes to your social security. Uh, but first up, we have Eva Casey Velasquez. She is uh, at the Identity Theft Resource Center. They're a nonprofit organization established to empower and guide consumers, victims, business, and government to minimize risk and mitigate the impact of identity compromise and crime. Ms. Velasquez previously served as the Vice President of Operations for the San Diego Better Business Bureau. She spent 21 years at the San Diego DA's office, the district attorney. The website for the ITRC is idtheftcenter.org. That's idtheftcenter.org. On Twitter, you can follow them, and on Instagram, at ID Theft Center. And Eva has a Twitter handle as well. Please follow her at ITRCCEO. ITRCCEO. More than a pleasure to have Eva with us today. Can I call you Eva or do you prefer Ms. Velasquez? Oh, of course. Please call me Eva. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're covering this important topic and let's help some people. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, and uh, we talked about this a little bit, I was going to say off the air, but the people on Periscope heard our conversation on the air. Um, there are people that have sent me emails asking me to cover this, asking me questions. I'm getting things on my phone via text or phone calls or emails that are confusing to me. And I'm up on this stuff. I can't imagine somebody who isn't. Um, in addition to that, um, I have a good friend, I have coworkers, seriously, that have been victims. And when I say victims, I mean they go to their bank and they have thousands and thousands of dollars that they saved, worked so hard and, and saved 
for years uh, to put into their account, whether they're saving for a home or for their kid's college, for their own wedding, or, or just for that rainy day or retirement, and, and a huge chunk of it is gone. And then some of these people are being hit again. Uh, they, they, they were hit like last year, and they're being hit again this year. Um, so many questions and, and so much to talk about. Um, there is a shift in identity theft uh, here in 2020. And uh, first off, would you say this is a direct result of COVID-19 that these individuals have upped their game because they're expecting us not to? It's absolutely a direct result. And there are so many different reasons why. We'll try to unpack those a, a bit. But the, the reality is that the epidemic actually has created this sort of perfect storm for scammers. Uh, it has something for every type of scammer. Usually when we see disasters, it's, it's uh, regionalized or localized. And so we see some FEMA kind of aid scams that proliferate, but it's, it's you know, only a region. Now we've got the entire globe. Charity scams tend to be seasonal and they, they come out around Giving Tuesday and at different times. Now they are proliferating. Of course, phishing and, uh, and the texting and, and online scams have always been a problem. These things have always been a historical problem, but because there are so many opportunities, they're growing exponentially. And when you add on top of that, that the relief packages have created, these are much needed relief packages. Um, please don't get me wrong. And they did need to be stood up quickly. But anytime you put that much money into a pot and try to stand it up and uh, disperse it quickly to the legitimate people, the scammers are going to come and they're going to also try to get their hands on that money. So we just, we really have this, external atmosphere where the scope, the scale, the efficiency, the speed of these scammers is like nothing I have seen. And I have been in this space for over 30 years. Wow. That, that's a very strong statement. Um, most companies and employees now have been forced because of shelter in place in nearly all 50 states to work remotely. So because more of us are using our phones, are using our computers, uh, our laptops, our tablets, uh, does this play into that as, as well? And does that make it more of a challenge for not just companies, but for individuals? A absolutely. 1000%. The quickly standing up and almost entirely remote workforce creates its own set of challenges for both industry, for the businesses and for the individual employees. And it is super important that the employees, particularly if they are using their own personal devices instead of work-issued devices, which I know a lot of people had to do because this happened so quickly, they really need to make sure that they're protecting those devices. Usually when you're using, um, well, at least I would hope, when you're using um, a device, a computer, a phone that belongs to your employer, they are making sure that patching is done, that um, there is sufficient antivirus and malware detector software, things of that nature. And we may not take that same level of care with our personal devices. And now we are kind of commingling the two. So I really encourage people, whether it's an employer device or your own device, please make sure that you're protecting it and that you have at least those basic minimums installed on them. And please don't think that just because you're using a phone, somehow it is uh, less 
likely to be infected by malware or by the bad actors. That That is a myth, and you should have those types of programs on your phones as well. It's interesting you say that because um, a friend of mine just recently, uh, she got hit last year. She got hit again last week, and they knew her phone number. Uh, they They knew her phone number. I have had people ask me questions about phone numbers and the kind of information that people access. So one question I would have that kind of covers a number of people's email questions is if somebody knows your number and they can use it um, for fraudulent purposes and you could mm-hmm. become a victim of identity theft because you know your phone can be used for a lot of things, your phone number can be used for a lot of things, is it wise to change the number is it wiser to perhaps even change carriers, to change phone companies as well? Um, or do you stay put and just put protections in place? Some people feel that they don't have enough protection with their carrier, and some people feel there isn't enough protection out there. Well, it really is an individual choice, and it depends on how you're using the device and how you're engaging with the outside world. It can be a real inconvenience to have to change your phone number, but it is also a great way to really reduce your risk. Um, If you think about your identity in terms of a puzzle, okay, there are many pieces that go into that puzzle that comprise your identity. Your, Your personally identifying information, your static credentials, and that's things like your social security number, your date of birth, your mother's maiden name, your biometric data. Those are static. They don't change. Then you have other types of identity credentials that do change, like financial account numbers. Those can be closed and you can have a new one issued. Telephone number would fall into that same category. So if you are being besieged with scam calls, if you are just on that list somehow, you you answered one of the robocalls and you're on that list, it may be worth looking into the, the time and the expense of changing the number rather than putting some more guardrails in place. But I do want to let people know there are individual things that you can do to limit your exposure. And then a phone number in and of itself is not necessarily going to create an increased risk of identity theft because it's not a static credential. Uh, one more question before we take a break because you had mentioned financial accounts, bank accounts. Um, I, I had somebody uh, bring something to my attention I hadn't thought of. I bank at one of the big banks. There's a branch everywhere in the United States, you know, a number of them in every uh, city and town. Um, if somebody uh, steals your identity and is able to go into a bank and take money out of your account, maybe even in a different state that you live in, uh, a few things. One, should we look into those smaller uh, you know, uh, single shop, mom and pop, oh, tiny credit union banks. Uh, does that make us uh, less at risk? Uh, should we change account numbers? Are there things that we can do, like putting a password on, on our account mm-hmm. at the bank uh, to protect ourselves? That's your last point, I think, is the most powerful one. And that is there are steps that you can take and there are fraud protections that are offered to you. The, the challenging thing is that they're not mandatory. They're not automatic that you are opted in as soon as you sign up for these accounts or receive them. The choice is yours. 
And we could have a philosophical discussion about whether or not they should be mandatory. I think they should be. They, there is a level of inconvenience that some people bristle at, but it, I think the inconvenience is, is far worth that it outweighs the benefits that you get. But please, by all means, if you're worried about your information that's been compromised and you're worried about access to your accounts, call your financial institution and ask them very specifically, what protections do you offer that I can put in place? And they do. You can put specific passwords on your account so that no one can go into a branch and withdraw money, even if they have your credentials. If they don't have access to that password, you can uh, opt into two-factor authentication, not just when you sign in on a new device, but whenever you are conducting a transaction. You can sign in for multiple fraud alerts. There are a plethora of these protections available to us. We just don't necessarily know it and take advantage of them, and they're not mandatory. And I think they should be. I agree with you simply because a lot of people don't know. You're, you're, when you're talking to me, I was thinking, I think I have passwords on one or two of my accounts, but not all of them. Something I'm definitely going to do in, in the next 24 hours. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more with our guest, Eva Casey Velasquez at the Identity Theft Resource Center. Uh, the website is idtheftcenter.org. Check it out because you want to get protected and be protected. There's a lot more scammers out there nowadays in this COVID-19 pandemic sheltering in place time we're living in. On Twitter and on Instagram, please follow them at ID Theft Center and follow Eva as well at ITRC CEO. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with Eva, back with you right after this. Don't go away. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Identity Theft Resource Center's Eva Casey Velasquez. We are talking about identity theft and the scammers are out there, people that want to harm you, take your money, hurt you, take your identity and do more. Well, they're out there, but they're out there in in bigger numbers as a result of COVID-19. Eva, thank you for holding. Um, Welcome back. Um, Another area where we see an increase, and a lot of people are doing this, um, I think almost everybody is doing it online, or unemployment applications. And there seems to be a lot of uh, identity theft. I heard uh, one employer had to constantly um, prove again and again that, you know, an employee that they had laid off was in fact that employee. Um, uh, Can you talk to that? Because there, you know, this pandemic is definitely leading to identity theft uh, in the unemployment benefit arena as well, correct? I'm really glad you brought this up because um, we this has been a problem in the past. It is something that we have seen in the call center. And as a reminder to your listeners and viewers, we do have a toll-free call center. So we are hearing from victims and concerned consumers on a daily basis. And just to give you some context, when it comes to unemployment, identity theft, and fraud, we have received complaints of cases Uh, in the last two weeks that have eclipsed the number that we received in all of 2019. And not by a small amount, by an exponential amount. And the reason that we are thinking that this is so much more prevalent is because it's more lucrative. 
in the past, it's a, it's a bit of a challenging scheme to perpetrate, and you do need a lot of identity credentials. And sometimes there is a face-to-face -face interview, which can, um, you know, be a stopgap, can be a fraud uh, detection uh, offering. And because we've gotten rid of that, and because we've added $600 more a week, it has made this actually a much more lucrative scam. And that's why we believe the scammers are now looking at this going great. Some of the fraud detection processes have been eliminated and I can get more money. My chances of getting caught are very slim. I'm just going to blanket the various state unemployment offices. And because they are so overwhelmed processing these legitimate uh, requests for unemployment uh, benefits, they're overwhelmed and their systems, frankly, are quite antiquated for the most part. Now, there are a few states that have done some upgrades, but certainly not all of them. And lastly, the reason it's such a problem is these state systems don't actually interface with each other. Unlike the federal system, unlike the IRS, which is one repository of all the information for a single individual, the states can have different information. People move around. People work in different states. So they can have different um, information about the same individual, and they're not cross-referencing that in any kind of meaningful way. Uh, uh, quickly, because we're up against the clock, I, I should have had you on for the whole hour. My bad. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I read that you can place a freeze on your credit report and some people might say, great, but then there are people like, hey, I need more credit. Can you place a free? Why should you place a freeze? And can you do it if you still need to open a line of credit or get a loan or something like that? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's a great, great way to close. Uh, credit Placing a freeze on your credit is now free. It's free for everyone due to some recent legislation. It happened about two years ago. It is not as daunting and difficult as people think. It really isn't. Now, if you've been a victim of identity theft, yes, it can be more challenging. But if you haven't, it really doesn't take that much time. And the process to thaw your credit is quite simple. So when you need access to it, you can thaw it so that you can have access to it. But it is one of the most proactive consumer protection steps and identity protection steps that an individual can take. And you can do it for your children. So please oh, wow. freeze your credit. Please, please, please. <laughs> uh, what is that toll-free number? You said, can we give the toll-free number to our viewers and listeners, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 888 400 30. And just so your listeners and viewers are aware, the website that you've been giving out, we can live chat with you as well if that's easier. And you will get put right in touch with an wow. advisor that can answer your questions. Uh, I'm going to give this number to people that I know. <laughs> please, please do. That's and, and you know, you're, re you're really, you're really good. I work on TV as well on Fox News Channel, and I'm going to give uh, one of the producers uh, we're going to get your email. I'm going to have her reach out to you. I think you should be on TV to do this. You really present yourself well, and it's a lot of information people need to have. So, Eva, thank you. It's been a plethora of information in such a short time. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Absolutely. So glad to be here. Thank you to have. Uh, Eva Casey Velasquez from Identity Theft Resource Center. Like I said, go to idtheftcenter.org. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at idtheftcenter. And her handle is at itrcceo. Back after this. 
We're back. Second half of the hour here. I'm Leslie Marshall. How you doing? Good to have you with us. Second guest joining us, and his name is Alex Lawson. Alex is executive director of Social Security Works. They fight to address the retirement income crisis, and they do it by protecting and expanding America's Social Security system. Social Security Works is the convening organization of the Strengthened Social Security Coalition, a coalition made up of over 340 national and state organizations representing over 50 million Americans. Their website is socialsecurityworks.org. Check it out on Twitter. Their handle, follow them there at SSWorks. And Alex, our guest, can be found at ALAW202. I'm Leslie Marshall. Good to have Alex with us. He's in the house. Hey, Alex, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us and uh, for being a guest this afternoon on the second half of this hour. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, some people would say it's a headline and some people say it's not just a headline. It's true. Um, but that this administration, this president, Trump and his economic advisors are pushing a work till you die plan and they're doing it in order to gut Social Security. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that being a drama queen or is there is, is there validity in that headline? Yeah, I think that's actually being too fair um, uh-huh. because they what we're seeing and have seen since the beginning of the administration is just a full frontal attack on Social Security from every single angle uh, that they can. So right now, uh, what that headline is talking about is the so-called Eagle Plan, um, which, come on, they called it the Eagle Plan, uh, but the Eagle Plan is just to uh, force people to choose whether they starve today or can't make their, the payments that they meet or they have to work till they die. So you, uh, you trade working forever uh, for some cash assistance today. This, by the way, in the wealthiest nation in the world, uh, at the wealthiest time in our history, the billionaire class are forcing us to choose whether we work till we die or we starve today. You know, I, I'd say maybe, just maybe we could instead ask those billionaires uh, to pay a teeny bit more in taxes, maybe even their fair share, uh, and then we can actually expand Social Security benefits for everybody. So it's far more than a headline. It's just the latest in a years-long assault on our Social Security system. Uh, And there's so much to talk about with this. Uh, The Washington Post uh, reported that a senior White House economic official and and the officials within the Trump administration uh, support a plan to give people cash, but only if they forfeit a portion of their future Social Security benefits. Are we talking about PPP loans here or are we talking about something like Andrew Yang has been proposing for a long time, which is uh, some type of a minimum uh, living wage just to live, especially during and post this coronavirus-19 pandemic? So I don't think it's actually, I I don't think it's apt to say it's it's like either of those. What What it's most like is we've seen this before. Ivanka Trump and Marco Rubio proposed this. They said, oh yeah, we wanna do uh, paid family leave, so here's what we'll do. You trade your retirement security uh, and you use social security as a piggy bank and, and use it to pay for your family leave. So you trade working till you die for uh, what most every other country peer nation of ours has, which is paid family leave. 
uh, where we're seeing right now that ha- the need of that during this this pandemic. And previous to to that iteration, there was a proposal coming out of the the right wing fever swamps to again use social security as a piggy bank uh, to pay off some. So you would have some student debt canceled if you chose to work till you died. And the whole thing here is it's a philosophical assault on the concept of social insurance. They're trying to reimagine what social security is. Social security is an insurance program. We pay into it. It's our money. We pay premiums into it and it protects against the loss of wages due to three things. If when we retire and we don't have our income coming in, we lose wages due to retirement. Most people are familiar with that. But we also every every worker in this in this country and their family are covered by over a million dollars in life insurance. So if a worker dies, their surviving minor children get survivor's insurance uh, and also long term disability insurance. So if a person faces a life-altering event and becomes disabled and can no longer work, Social Security is there for them to replace those wages. Now, there's no way that you can find a product like that on the private market. There's absolutely no way. It's not possible to to sell an inflation-protected annuity plus over a million dollars of disability insurance plus over a million dollars of life insurance. And so what they're trying to do is get people to sell this invaluable uh, social insurance for cash right now. They're using a crisis to get people to say, hey, I'll give you cash right now because you need it. But I'm, but you, in return, you have to actually give away uh, way more value in future benefits. Uh, and it's a tried and true tactic of the bosses forever. This is uh, in, in contract negotiations, anyone who, who's been in on one, they often try, times try to sell people on giving up way more in benefits for a small salary increase. Um, so that's all this is. It's just the latest iteration with the stupidest name. Again, they literally called it the Eagle Plan, uh, and they're, they're pushing it now. It's the most cynical thing that I've seen this this. Uh, administration do, and they've done some some pretty terrible things. But using this pandemic as a as the time, just to, to back up a second, this pandemic, around 50% of the people who have died so far are seniors and people with disabilities. And not, they're not going to give emergency aid. Nursing homes are being turned into death traps. They're not doing anything there. Instead of doing something about this, what they're saying is, we're going to use it as an excuse to steal people's social security. It's just, it's it's immoral. I think it's fair to say that this administration, before Trump even took office and became president, uh, that he and the people he surrounded himself with, especially those who are making decisions economically for our nation, is it fair to say that they are obsessed with defunding Social Security, uh, they want to cut it. They maybe even want to outright uh, eliminate it. Um, and it, I mean, this is something that before COVID nineteen they were trying to do uh, very strongly, and they're using this now as an excuse to reach the same goal that they always had. 
Absolutely. That's how I see it completely. I mean, because we focus on this, I can tell you literally from day one of this administration, they've been coming after Social Security from every which way. They're, they uh, Death by a thousand cuts. So they go after the Social Security Administration, making it harder for people to go into the offices, huge wait times on the 1-800 number um, to creating this incredibly complex bureaucracy for people to access their disability benefits, um, to just trying uh, to just cut benefits in the Trump care. We defeated that attempt, but they just came at it uh, and tried to steal our money. They're looking at any way uh, to do this. And, uh, and I'll, you know, obviously I have a lot of opinions, as you can tell here, uh, but I've been doing this for a long time, and I really do think that this is the reason why. They hate Social Security because it works. That's what they can't stand. It works. And Wall Street can't do this. They can't actually accept that there's a system where we all work together, and it provides more than any of us could do on our own. And at the same time, uh, for every dollar that we pay into the system, 99 cents of that comes back to us in the form of benefits. Less than one penny of every dollar in goes to administer the whole system. And you know what Wall Street sees that as, a missed opportunity. They'd whack on another 25, 35% uh, as their administrative fee so that they could go buy another golden yacht. They can't profit off of systems that work. Social security works. That's why they want to destroy it. Public education works. That's why they want to destroy it. When they see systems that work, where we work together uh, and we create something that we can't do on our own, they do everything in their power to destroy it. And they use any crisis, no matter how ghoulish it is, like using the COVID crisis to try to destroy social security. They have one objective, reach their hands in our pockets and steal our earned benefits. Wow. You know what? It amazes me how efficient a system it is. We're going to talk more with you. We're going to take a quick break. We come back, we'll talk more about Social Security, how it works, and how this administration has uh, got a new plan. It's called the Eagle, but it's really work till you die. And it's just a code name or code speak for got Social Security. We'll be back with our guest, Alex Lawson, Executive Director of Social Security Works, and you right after this. Check out the website, socialsecurityworks.org, and on Twitter, you can follow them at SSWorks. Follow Alex as well at ALAW202. Back after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you. Welcome or welcome back. We welcome back Alex Lawson, Executive Director of Social Security Works. The website, once again, socialsecurityworks.org. On Twitter, follow them at SSWorks and follow Alex at ALAW202. Alex, thank you for holding welcome back. Um, what about people who say, why should I pay into a system? It's not The money's not going to be there. I'm not going to benefit from it. Uh, we hear that, especially among the millennial crowd. What do you say to them? Um, it, you know, I think there's two things. What I say to them, and then I'm going to explain why they hear that so much and, and why people think it. Um, 
But in the first part, for Social Security, compared to the risky alternatives, I mean, we see right now, although the stock market is just buoyed by um, free money and I think a ton of cocaine on Wall Street compared to what we're seeing in, in the real economy with unemployment numbers and stuff. But uh, 2008, we saw 401ks turn into 201ks. You know, just a, a week ago, or I'm sorry, about a month ago, we saw the market drop and again turn people's 401ks into 201ks. And that's probably on the horizon. Again, uh, we're in the midst of a global pandemic with millions of people are out of work. Uh, but you know what? For 85 years, for over 85 years, through boom time and bust, through war and peace, through health and pandemics, Social Security has never missed a single payment, nor will it ever miss a single payment. It is the rock that you can count on. And you ask millions of seniors around the country right now, it is the only thing that they are hanging on to is their Social Security check. It is the most dependable system there is because it's ours. It's our money. No one's giving us anything. D.C. doesn't give us Social Security. We pay for it. It's our money, and we are going to get it back. That is what Social Security is. It's the rock that you can build a retirement security, uh, a, a, a retirement um, future on, a secure retirement future on. And also, a big thing that I think people don't want to sort of think about, and it makes sense, is, is the likelihood of them uh, dying or becoming disabled. And so about one third of Social Security benefits go to either um, so survivors or, um, or uh, DI, uh, disability, sorry to speak in acronyms. I spend too much time in DC. Uh, uh. And the thing is, those are, so one in four Americans will become disabled during their working lives. That's not like, it's not rare. It actually happens to millions of people. Uh, bodies wear down through grinding work. Uh, somebody is uh, walking across the street and an Uber driver is looking at their phone and boom, their life has changed. But no more paychecks coming in, but their bills keep coming. And the thing that people can rely on, social security. Um, that is the truth. There is no way that social security can go bankrupt. It has a dedicated revenue stream we see it. We pay for it. It goes out of our paychecks. It's held there. It comes back to us when we need it. Social Security will absolutely be there for you. Now, these uh, uh, risky alternatives on Wall Street, those ones, I wouldn't bet on them being there for you. But then you get to why. Why do so many people believe that Social Security, this thing that is such a rock, it's been there through everything. Why do people believe it? Because Wall Street has, can, has uh, waged a coordinated 40-year propaganda campaign against it. They try to convince people that the money has all been spent. They try to convince people that it's bankrupt. Why? Um, there's one billionaire, Pete Peterson, he passed away, but he used to be the main funder of it. And now his foundation is the main funder of it. The person who works for him, his number one person, Maya McGinnis at the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, 
um, which is actually just a front group dedicated to destroying Social Security. She one time accidentally told the truth. Why do they do this? Why do they try to convince people will go bank? it's going bankrupt? She said the goal is to convince people they're going to get nothing so that they will accept less ah. than their owed. That's the shtick. That's what they're doing. Imagine if, you, you know, you're owed a dollar uh, and... I convince you that you're not going to get any of it. You're going to get zero back on it because it's bankrupt. It's not going to be there for you. And then I come in and I say, but I got a deal for you. If you sign this document, I can get you 70 cents on the dollar. And you sign it because you're like, oh, that sounds great. I get 70 cents instead of zero. But in fact, what you just did is you gave away 30 cents on every dollar. That's the hustle. That's what they're trying to perpetrate on us. I think think something that's helpful, and I know it was for me, is the explanation that that you've given and uh, that I've seen you talk about before, that Social Security is an earned insurance benefit, not a piggy bank. And I don't think most Americans wrap their head around that because they think of Social Security visualize Social Security as a piggy bank. I think that's exactly right. And it's a real disservice. And, um, you know, I actually blame Al Gore a bit for this one because of his whole lockbox thing back in the day. It really sort of sunk in. And it's really important that people understand that Social Security is not savings. It's very much not savings. It's insurance. Um, So that survivor's benefit, what's the value of that survivor's benefit? We can actuarially say it's over a million dollars. Uh, But somebody who doesn't die uh, and doesn't need their surviving children uh, to get Social Security benefits until they reach the age of 18, you know, to them, they're like, oh, well, that didn't benefit me. But no one can (laughs) predict that. And right now with COVID killing people, this pandemic that's just out of the blue and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, people are dying including uh, people in the, you know, the middle of their life or young people with children, well, their kids are going to get survivor's benefits. It's insurance. It's not a, it, their, their children are going to get benefits until they're 18. They don't actually draw down on the money that their parents have paid into the system. Their parents were paying premiums the same way that in, in any insurance product. Uh, I know that's kind of like uh, I try to ins- explain insurance thinking I can make it sound cool. But uh, that's the difficulty <laughs> is that it it is insurance and not savings. And we have sort of this easy way of thinking about savings. But insurance is harder for us to predict the value of it. Um, but the problem is really that Wall Street has made it so that the only thing we think about is savings, right? When they destroyed the defined benefit pensions uh, and they replaced them with 401ks, they want us to only think about things as savings because that's where they make all their money. But savings is, is not the, the bulk of a person's retirement. The foundation is Social Security. Defined benefit pension plan is the next level and then savings on top of it, because we know that saving enough money, like saving enough actual cash for retirement is very, very difficult for people to do. Yeah, very, very true. Alex, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, the government's saying, hey, take 10 grand grand now, and uh, we'll just give you some of your Social Security later. 
But, you know, don't don't fall for it, America. Alex Lawson, Executive Director of Social Security Works, has been our guest. Go to their website to find out more, socialsecurityworks.org. On Twitter, follow them at SSWorks. And Alex's Twitter handle is at A-L-A-W-202. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a great rest of the day. Marky Mark Romaldi's my executive producer. He rocks and so do you. Add a little play to your day with the Michigan Lottery. Over 90 online instant games to choose from, with prizes up to $500,000. A Marquette County woman recently won $250,000 playing online. Could you be next? Sign up online today to receive 10 free games with promo code FUN. Visit MichiganLottery.com to add a little play to your day. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.